that moment is so triggering for so many of us. And so to be able to go back and kind of reframe that is a huge guilt relief, you know? So it's that type of work that, that I think is, is so powerful. Welcome to your Journey to Joy podcast. I'm your host, Moira Gorski, and I'm on a mission to help you find joy in the chaos of life. As a retired nurse, multi-passionate entrepreneur, and mom of four adult children, I know what it's like to feel the overwhelm of it all and wonder if and when the joy will show up again. And I've learned it's up to us to go find that joy. On this show, you will hear inspiring stories from those who have overcome all kinds of life challenges, tips on how to stay healthy and vibrant during the ups and downs of life, and simple ways on finding joy in your own life. Let's face it, life is messy, yet when we travel together on this journey, support and encourage each other along the way, that joy starts to show up again. I'm so excited to lead you on this journey of you to find the joyful life that you deserve. Well, welcome to another episode of the podcast. Uh, so glad that you are coming back to listen. I'm your host, Moira Gorski, talking a lot about uh, joy this season as we stepped into the second season. But really what I want to continue to focus on is the um, taking care of ourselves. If we are the moms or the dads or the loved ones that the people that have people in our lives that are struggling. I mean, last season was a lot of talk about those stories. And I shared a lot of that, which is super valuable. And as you've heard my story before, like I'm the the mom that sits on this side of the table that's watched my daughter struggle and learned myself that I really needed to take care of myself in order for me to show up for myself as well as for for my daughter, my business and my life and things like that. So there'll be lots of talk about that, uh, this season. And, um, Today, I have a friend coming to join me uh, who seems to be, has been in the same situation as myself. Um, Raina is a mom of three uh, children, and one of them with sig- significant uh, mental health issues um, as she was growing up. And um, so I'm excited to have a conversation with her. And as a result of that, she has um, learned that hypnotherapy has been a great tool for her to use herself. And of course, she's now sharing that with others and helping other moms and women that have people in their life that have mental health challenges. And again, helping them realize that it's time for them to take care of themselves and free themselves of that guilt and the shame and the all kinds of things. And we're going to talk about that today. So again, Raina Smith is joining me today. And a mom of three, but she's a hypnotherapist um, and also a physical therapist, I believe. We are going to have a nice conversation today. And so thank you. Really honored that you're here with me today, Raina. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. So yeah, we seem to, I mean, again, when I when I hooked up with you, met you, I was like, wow, you seem to be, you seem to be who I am, right? Somebody that has a child who's struggling. Right. But as you've moved into helping people in that area, I'm like, I'm also your ideal client. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody that um, has learned that, you know, I have learned and many people don't, they maybe know that they need to take care of themselves and do something or put themselves first, but they just don't really know what that, that means. And they don't understand the importance of it. And sometimes they're just so lost in their chaos that they're just like, I don't, they don't, they can't make time. They don't know how to make the time and stuff like that. So I'm glad that we're here to have that discussion. Cause again, we seem so very similar in very our similar. experiences. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, 
tell me a little bit about it again, as your um, life progressed as a mom with your children, you know, share, I always say, share your story as much or as little as you would like to, or you feel like is important, but I'd love for you to, you know, share with my audience about kind of what happened in your life with your daughter and her struggles. Yeah. So I am, like you'd mentioned, a physical therapist and I was doing that for, I've been doing that forever. And I would say maybe about when my son was born, he's 20, I went to part-time work and it was very, you know, it's convenient. And I did that for years. I did pediatrics and geriatrics. And what happened was my daughter started refusing school you know, starting, started showing symptoms of anxiety, OCD, depression. And it got to a point where the school refusal was just so severe that I left my job to just be home with her. Cause you can't, there was nowhere else she could be. Um, we did a lot of therapy, a lot of anyone else who's done this knows there's intensive day programs, there's home programs, there's outpatient programs, there's inpatient programs. It just felt like I was always in therapy with her. It was just a constant, a constant part of my life, just being in therapy. So when it came to me needing therapy or me really needing an outlet, it was a lot of hesitation on my part of not wanting to take more time to go work on myself because I'm, I'm already spending all of my time working on her and, and you're exhausted and you're exhausted physically and mentally. Yeah. And I have two other kids. I'm just it didn't seem like there was any time. And as much as everybody can tell you it's important when you're in the middle of it, it seems impossible. And I, while I was home, I decided to learn hypnosis, which is something that I've, I would say I've, I know a lot about before I started, I did hypnobirthing with my kids. So it was something I personally experienced. I learned Reiki back in 95 dating myself a little bit. Uh, <laughs> so I've, oh, it's something I've always done. It's something I've always, I've always liked that holistic approach to healing. And when I first started doing hypnotherapy and learning it, I really thought I would focus on pain and chronic pain since I'm a physical therapist and I work a lot with that population, but the more I did it and the more involved I got in it, the more I realized that, uh, it's something good for myself it's something really healing for the situation I was in. And it really brought me to, you know what, other moms who are in this situation who are struggling and not taking time for themselves. That's, that's really where my, my passion lies. It's not in, you know, chronic pain. It's really mm-hmm. in helping other people like myself kind of find their way out of that, mm-hmm. that bubble of just not having the energy or the time or the, ability to take care of themselves at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I know then when I was in the midst of, you know, things being again, that similar situation where our daughter was home, but, uh, well, she was in this area and then she was doing local treatment and then you're kind of back and forth and okay, yeah. I have to, I can only go visit her between four and six. So there I go. And here, son, you make the dinner and I'll be home later. And like all of this back and forth. And then I trying to juggle my business, which was growing so well because of all the time I put in, which was great, but it was just like, holy cow. I mean, I was grateful that at that time, I and even today that I have my own business that I could kind of say to some of my other gals on my team, like, okay, I'm not available during this time. And when I did have the time, I could put the time in. So I didn't have to, like you, 
which I think many come into that situation that they have to quit work because they end up missing work or they have to go in late or they have to leave early. And after a while, it's like, okay, well, I just can't, I can't go to work anymore. Now today, right. Things could be a little bit different with all of this work from home and stuff like that. But right. The point is again, when you've got, you have to, you want to focus your attention there. Um, It's uh, it's, it's, you know, again, that's sometimes what you have to do. And I know when I would come home from those, it was just like, I was so exhausted and to have just, okay, go in that brain space of, okay, I'm going to do this. or I'm going to do this for me. It's like, no, I just want a glass of wine and maybe some cookies and (laughs) sit and like, you know, shut myself off to the world by watching American Idol or, you know, some cooking show or something like that. Yeah. And I think that many of us can probably relate that that's what we tend to do as opposed to, oh, come on. It's just one more thing I got to do for myself. Forget it. I'm just not going to do it. I just need some sleep or some yeah. zoning yeah. out time. Or something. Yeah. And um, do a little bit of chat about hip. I've done, I've talked about hypnotherapy. I've talked about hypno breath work and meditation, like just to do the one one because people are like, Oh, hypnotherapy. That's, you know, where you on stage and then you go and end up hitting yourself or clucking like a duck or something like that. And it's really not like that. Right. No, it's, it's not at all. And I feel like the media has given it a, a bad rap where people definitely think that they, it's like a mind control thing. Um, my number one question is how do I know that I'm not going to be out of control and you're going to have me do something silly like plop like a chicken um Mm -hmm. and the main thing is is hypnosis is a it's just a very relaxed state that we drift in and out of all the time if you're driving your car home which this is always my favorite example if you're driving your car home and it's a familiar route and you get home and you're like oh i don't even remember driving here right Mm -hmm. you're you were never out of control if something happened and a car cut you off you would immediately know where you were and you'd be in control of that car. And it's kind of the same thing. That's a, that's a hypnotic state when you kind of zone out and forget that you're how you got there, you're daydreaming. Right. But during that time, you're still in complete control. You're not going to hit a car that pulls out in front of you. Your conscious mind's going to take over and you're going to stop the car. Mm -hmm. So it's the same type of thing. When you're doing hypnotherapy, you're always in control. You always know what's going on. It's more of a deep meditative state. So if I say something that doesn't resonate with you and you don't like it, your conscious mind will come back and say, what's happening? I don't like this. Stop. Um, so yeah, it's definitely something that we experience all the time. If you're, you know, you're engrossed in a movie and then the movie's over and you're like, God, that didn't feel like three hours. Right. It's because you're so engrossed in what's going on. It's, it's that state of just hyper-focused on not what's going on. It's your conscious mind just letting your subconscious and your imagination take over. And so then how does that, how does that help us with, again, what's dealing, what we're dealing with, with life? How does that, that's great. You know, again, we're, that's a, but then I think the next question is then how does that really yeah help us during that time? If we want to relax, that's great. But really, how does that, why would we want to do that to yep. improve or, you know, for the future kind of thing? So when you're in the, when you're in the hypnotic state, essentially what it means is that just mind has kind of checked out. It's gotten bored. It's moved on. And that's when you can talk to directly to your subconscious and your subconscious is where all the magical changes happen. It's where if you're a smoker and you are triggered to smoke every time you get in a car, well, it's your subconscious mind where we can 
reframe that so when you get in the car you have no desire for a cigarette at all like the thought of smoking in your car appalls you that change makes that change takes place in the subconscious mind if we were to talk to your conscious mind about that you're going to analyze it you're going to say that can't work that's not possible so it's definitely getting the conscious mind out of the way which is why it's usually a deep meditative state it's a deep relaxed state so when you're doing that deep relaxation you're how that works is your conscious mind gets bored. It, it's bored. It's bored with your muscle relaxation and whatever, and it kind of gets out of the way. And your subconscious mind is the one that's in charge of your imagination. So as we have you imagining things, your subconscious mind is is really taking control of that and enjoying it and taking in what we're saying. Um, the other thing is that you know we're not we're never saying anything that doesn't resonate with you. Right. We're, we're doing things that you on a subconscious level or even on a conscious level want to do, but your rational mind gets in the way of it happening. So that's I don't know if I explained that well, but that's kind of how it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, that's good. Because, you know, just so the listeners know, like Raina and I again got connected and then I said, hey, why don't you because I'm your ideal client. <laughs> so <laughs> why don't you do And plus, I always again, I've got a good vibe from you from the beginning, but, you know, I want to bring guests on this podcast that are that are legit and um i do get lots of i mean i get do i do get lots of requests from different people and different you know assistance of people and so i just want to make sure that you know everybody's legit yeah. and again the message is what i want to share on this podcast and so rain and i spent some time together and what i like about what you do is that you we talked through like me and what i deal with and you know what i'm dealing with my thoughts any type of things that you know, that I really, I'm not happy with that. I kind of want to shed or stop thinking about or stop focusing on or things like that. You know, those things that, or those feelings of frustration or guilt or things that have been a result of my life or this, you know, the things that I've been dealing with as a mom with. And so then when we went through that hypnotherapy session, that's what you talked about, right? You know, and you helped me walk through the things that you said to me was about, accepting or getting rid of or not being so focused on a certain thing that I'm, you know, be it that it's the guilt that I had an eating disorder. And thus, I maybe I that was was all my fault. I mean, that was some of the big guilt that I had in the beginning of like, well, I had my own and they say there's a genetic component. And so I probably just gave it to her, right? It was my fault that all this happened. So there were those kind of things. And so you speak to those you spoke to those during this you know, half an hour session that we had. And so it's telling that subconscious that yeah, it's okay to, it's okay to be happy. It's okay to be, ha- you know, that was another thing that I always struggled with. Like, how can I be happy when my child is so unhappy? I always like to say that, you know, when you have children like we do, it's like your mom guilt's on steroids, right? You just so much more intense than the average mom guilt that every mom has, I think. Well, and I think the important, another important thing with hypnotherapy, just like any other type of therapy or practice, like, it's not like, like, you know, it's not like just one time and it's, it's done. You know, it's like going to the gym. You're not going to go to the gym, take a spin class or do weights one morning and you're like all buffed. Right. And you right. lose the weight that you want or have the shape That'd that be you great. want. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> I'd be all set. But, um, but you have to do it often. And so it's that repeating, yes. repeating. And with you, you know, that's what you, and you can talk about your program, how kind of how you work with people. But that's what you explained to me is like, I'm going to send you a recording of this. 
And you, I want you to listen to it like every day until you get bored with what I'm saying to you. But but that's the point, right? You get yes. bored so that your subconscious just listens to what, again, just like that smoker, when they get in the car again, it just doesn't have the same type of desire or like, you know, that, that it used to have. And again, we can think about those as triggers, you know, that there's that trigger that when you get in the car or my husband doesn't listen to my podcast, but um, <laughs> unfortunately, I don't know, but like... <laughs> He's a smoker, unfortunately, whatever, his own yep. choice. But um, I remember so many times talking to him on the phone, me talking about stuff, and I'd hear him like light a cigarette. I go, do you have to smoke like every time like you talk right. to me? Is it like that <laughs> stressful that you have to smoke a cigarette? You know? But it's those kind of triggers. Hopefully it's not your husband and your wife that's triggering you something bad, but you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, yep, so definitely. It's really helping your subconscious not be so triggered perhaps with certain when certain things happen or to be triggered to do something else right like you can instead of smoking maybe take a relaxing breath because that's really what you usually originally after eventually it becomes habit and but originally smoking usually is just to calm down they mm-hmm. think it calms right. down yeah yeah right yeah so i do if you do one session with me it's the recording goes home with you i don't expect you to i don't expect it to work right away and i don't usually because you're so the first time, sometimes people go right under and they're relaxed and they feel great. And they're like, that was amazing the first time. Often though, it depends on ha- how analytical you are. You know, people are like, I was listening to everything you said. I couldn't really relax. There was a car outside. So the more you listen to it, the more your conscious mind knows what's going to come next. It doesn't, knows there's no surprises. And then you're able to relax more. And the con- the subconscious is able to take over. I tell people a week to 10 days. And it's one of those things where you kind of have to do, it's not hard work, right? You're listening to a 30 minute take, like you just need to listen to it every day for it to really Mm -hmm. work. Yeah. So one sessions, that's what I do when I do my programs there. I think I showed you the 12 week program. That's a lot more intensive. There's a lot more work in that as far as doing inner child work, higher self work, uh, regression work, which is another type of hypnotherapy. That's something I usually don't do the first time I meet somebody just because you have to be comfortable with me. And regression work is where you go into the hypnotic state and then we have conversation. So we bring you back to whatever past event is really affecting the problems you're having in your current current moment. And then we kind of reframe them. We talk about them while you're under hypnosis. Um, that's something that's included in the in the 12 weeks as well, as well as. I offer my, on my, so people who are in the thick of what you and I have been through, right? So during the 12 weeks, you also have access to me through text message where, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're having that breakdown that we all have, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you just want somebody who gets it, (laughs) I make myself available. And then I do do a single regression. I do do regression. If somebody feels like they're they're open to it. If they've had hypnotherapy before and they just want to go straight to regression, I do offer that. But if they have never had it before, it's not the best way to start because it's hard for you to be comfortable when you're too, your conscious mind is too involved. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, but I think that that would be um, some pretty good work to do though. It's work. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going back to the time that was super stressful. Yeah. And, you know, moms like us, I think if you've ever dropped your child off at inpatient, right, that moment is so triggering for so many of us. And so to be able to go back and kind of reframe that 
is a huge mm. guilt release, you know? So it's that type of work that, yeah, that I yeah. think is, is so powerful. If we could reframe that. I mean, just saying that I just, yeah. everybody tears up. Yep. Yep. Yeah. A few different yeah. times. And you know, it's, um, there was a few podcast episodes that I, that I got in the car after I did something like that. Like one of them, I live, you know, outside of Chicago. And so we use O'Hare airport and I remember dropping my daughter off um, at the airport and uh, you know, taking her to her, well, whatever, can't take her to the gate, but you know, taking her in, yeah. getting her all checked in. And then I said goodbye to her and I went to the car and I recorded an episode, like all of those, like, there she goes again. And it's like all of those yeah. feelings, like there she goes, like, when's it going to be that I don't, you know, when I did a parking lot one, um, I've done those, you know, so I, I know what you mean. Cause I've been yeah. there in those situations and it's not a great situation to be no. brought to you by Gorski wellness and the possibility of a better you. Are you feeling sluggish? Ready for a change? Need more energy? Up for a bigger challenge? I'm Moira Gorski, retired nurse and wellness advocate. For over 22 years, I've been helping people live healthier lives while making small changes each and every day. Those small changes lead my clients to living a healthier lifestyle with markedly better health. As a brand ambassador for the Shackley Corporation, the most clinically proven wellness company in the world, I guide my clients to make healthier choices each day with their food, supplements, skincare, workouts, and mindset. They say getting started is half the battle. Let's make healthy happen together. If you're ready for simple, natural, sustainable solutions to feeling and looking your best, let's connect. You'll find a link in the show notes or reach out to me at moiragorski.com. Here's to a better you. But I love that idea because what you're saying is then you take them back there, but then you're reframing it how? Like how do you... You know, reframing your thoughts about it. So while you're going back to that place, kind of instead of you feeling guilty, it's bringing your subconscious mind to, to understand, right? No, this was a good thing bringing the positives about it. And that's kind of individual to, to what the situation was for each person. You know, an example would be if you go back to a situation where there's say, I'm going to give you a simple example. If you go back to a situation where there's an argument, right. And so when we go back to that, it's you saying all the things you wish you had said, and then also switching roles so that you're them saying all the things you wish they had said to you. So it's kind of reliving it, but doing what you wish you could have done, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So, yeah. and, and as much as it's, you know, you're, you're going back to that moment and you're pretending that it's different, it does carry through with how you remember it in your everyday life. Cause you're like, that was so traumatic, but right. This was, you remember all the things we did in therapy, right? So yeah, but this was how it had to be. And this is what they really meant. And you know, so it takes that, it takes that emotion, Mm -hmm. that really traumatic emotional part down so that it's not, yeah, it's not such a trigger. I mean, I've done some inner child work in the perhaps regression or whatever. They didn't call it necessarily, you know, that, but I've done those, I've done a few of those. It's been mostly the inner child thing, but I, I mean, I get that. I just wanted um, others to hear that because it is because again, it can be like, there may be another argument. And when you've done work like that, or there may be a trigger from 
your mother, when your mother says something, and if you've done inner child work and gone back to that time when you were a child and you didn't feel like you were noticed by your mother and yeah, all of that. And then you had all of that, but then you've learned to just think differently about it. And again, like you said, reframe it. Then when that happens again, you're kind of like, okay, maybe I should just, you know, listen to what she's saying and say that she's doing the best job or whatever it is. It's very, very helpful work to, again, go back and do that work. Again, not always easy. I mean, I remember doing those work and you're crying and you're very emotional. It can be very triggering. But with a trained professional, again, very, very helpful, beneficial work. There's a book that's called... um, Wrong Place, Wrong Time. Is that what it's called? I think it's called. I just read it. Now it's a novel, but it's this concept that it's a mom and she, with she's married and then she has a, husband, a son who's like a teenager or young adult, I think. And she watches him, you know, the first chapter, whatever. This is totally unrelated, but whatever. It's kind of related. <laughs> but this is what I do. I digress at times, but it was a great book. It's a really great book. But she was looking out the window, waiting for her son to come home because he was late from curfew and, um, you know, saw him walk up in the the um, the sidewalk and like go and stab a guy that was like right there and kill him. And then there was this, you know, the police came and all this stuff. And then she goes to sleep and she wakes up and it's the it's the same day. It's like a groundhog thing. Oh, yeah. But then she goes to sleep and but her but anybody else in her life, like her husband and son and anybody else. It's that it's the day that it's supposed to be, be, even though she's already lived it. And then she goes to sleep and then it's the ne- the day before and then the day before. And then it ends up being two weeks before and a month before or whatever. But it's this concept of if you were to go back and look at a situation, she was trying to figure out why he went to kill this guy and perhaps stop that from happening um, but it's that idea that you can go back and if you look at things in a different perspective, or maybe you missed things, or you're like, oh, oh, was that what that meant? Or maybe I should pay more attention to what he said to me or whatever. It's a great, it's a really great book if you like to Sounds read novels. Good. Yeah. It's so yeah, good. Um, but it's kind of like it made it reminded me of that. It's like going back to a situation and saying, okay, what if it could have been different? Yeah. You know. And so we can think about that possibly. What if it could be different? Because there may be a situation again in the future that now we have a chance to perhaps do it differently. Yeah. And I know that with my daughter and our conversations and our arguments and all of that, I've learned a lot in that work that I've done. And that's what I want the moms and dads to hear is that it's so important for us to do the work because our relationships can be different with our children. Cause I'd love to yes. hear how, you know, I always like, I like to have a little conversation about that. Like I love having a daughter. I love having the sons, but I love having a daughter and having the, cause we'd go off and like, you guys, whatever, stay here. We're going to go off yeah. and do the girl things. <laughs> and then she started to struggle and I had to be the police and I had to be the like bad guy. And that really impacted our relationship. And um, now we have a chance now that she's in a better place and I've done the work, we have a chance to really mend that and create a different relationship now. And um, that, that it happens. But again, I want people to hear that there is hope that, yeah, the, the kids do the work, right? Right. The loved one does the work, but we also have to do the work. Well, and there's a lot of, you know, there can be a lot of anger and resentment towards your child, which isn't, isn't good. 
but you know, in a lot of situations, it's almost like you're in this abusive relationship where you can't get away because they're your kid. Um, and you just got to kind of deal with it. So once they recover and they're better, you still have all that anger that Mm -hmm. you don't want to have it. Nobody wants to be angry at their kid, but you know, it's, it's the reality that there's this, Mm -hmm. this with the guilt, there's the resentment and there's also just the pain that you went through Mm -hmm. being able to let go of that so that you can kind of meet them where they are now and rebuild your relationship is, Mm -hmm. is huge because it's, it's, it's hard, you know, they do get better mm-hmm. as they get older. And I feel like they, at least in my daughter's case, as she got older, she had matured and, you know, we found the right combination of everything that worked. She started to be able to handle her symptoms and, you know, become pleasant to be around again. <laughs> right. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you have to be able to, to meet them there and not hold everything against them. You know, as much as you're not consciously doing that, you still have that, like, when's the other shoe going to drop? This isn't going to last. When are you going to, when are you going to go back to how it was? And, and that's, that's not ideal either. You kind of want to be able to let that go and move forward really. Right. And it's hard again, because we are, we gave birth to them and um, they are our children and we know that they're going to get better. They can get better. And they also can be like. Um, again, case in point, and my friend may listen to this, but you know, I know somebody that her daughter, I mean, she's 30 years old and she's really not in a great place and it's a lot better than she used to be, but it's still not great. And she got a phone call about something that happened to her and she was going to hop on a plane and go to her. And then as she's talking to somebody with her daughter in the background, her daughter's just like screaming all of these profanities and pretty basically hate towards her because you know it's everybody else's fault right yeah yeah. we've heard that before it's your fault and you're you know i'm in here whatever and um she said i'm not going and i go good for you and she goes i know but i'm still her mom i go i know you're still her mom and she's being verbally abusive to you you know she's da 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 da. i know the whole story but it's like yeah but we're still that mom and we still want to go help and like we want to rescue them and all that but there comes a point and it's really hard within this this um these situations it's hard to sometimes say guess what i'm not coming to see you or guess what you can't come home or i sat in a support group one time and the gal said uh yeah i don't know i haven't talked to my sister in like two years she's like i think she lives on the streets in la i mean she's just a major drug addict i mean that's it's hard right yeah. she yeah. said i've just kind of forgotten about her you know, but I come to these support groups to support myself because again, we have to take care of all of that. Like, but yeah, but what, how do I, what do I deal with? How do I deal with this stuff? The pain that's coming up, the fact that I've kind of had to forget about my sister or my daughter or my husband or whoever it is, but it's, it's not so easy to do that. No, that's the only way that we can really get through. You know, that's why we meet at the health club and lift heavy weights because we also (laughs) deal with the shit that's in our lives, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's not an easy road. That's for sure. Is there anything else that you'd find that you, that women are going through, the moms are going through when, when their kids are struggling? I mean, we've talked about guilt and, you know, just pain and stuff like that. Do you find that there's other things that you work with, you know, that you find that comes up a lot? I think also there, there are other relationships struggle, you know, people don't necessarily understand. I feel like 
a lot of people lose friends or even family members who just don't get it, right? Because they don't, it's hard for somebody to understand exactly what you're going through with your child, especially if it's something that in a lot of cases they're, they act okay at school, you know, their teachers are like, we don't know what you're talking about. So yeah, I think they losing, losing more, just more loss, like mm. friends, family who just don't understand. Somebody said to me the other day, they're like, you should talk to the, you should talk to the siblings of, like you said, those relationships can change or they can be strained for sure. I know when our daughter would go into treatment and my, my youngest son was living at home, I mean, I hated to have her go there, but again, she was getting the help she needed. And it was that time. It was like, I spent with my, I'm like, okay, let's go do something together. Let's me, let's watch a movie or let's go someplace or whatever. I tried because it was so hard when I had somebody that needed so much attention in our home. And then the other child that was in my home didn't get much. And I saw him retreat and kind of like, you know, figure out a way to deal with the shit that he heard and saw around him. And it's, it's, so it impacts the, you know, it impacts the whole family. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I have, um, I have an older son and a younger daughter. So she, you know, this is my middle child, but the youngest just, she was little and she just tagged along to everything. She was, you know, like waiting rooms at hospitals were like her playtime. She, <laughs> like yeah. she knew where every toy was, every book. I mean, that's kind of where we spent a lot of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not easy for the whole family. Yeah. But those are definitely things that I know you can help with again, family therapy. We've, yes. we've heard that so many times and I wish we had done more of it. But um, the times that we did do it when the treatment centers actually went through with setting up some family therapy, yeah, it was great because it gave the others to have a chance to have a voice, you know, with that neutral third party there to them to say, well, hey, this is how you made me feel when this happened, this happened or whatever. So definitely things that uh, I know, again, hypnotherapy can help with as well. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Hard subjects, but um, <laughs> it is, again, it's but... the, it's the work that, um, that really I encourage people to think about and to be open to if you have those, cause it's not oftentimes when it's one child within the family struggling, it's kind of a family. It impacts the whole family. It's a family it really issue. Does. Perhaps it could yeah. be a result of some things going on in the family dynamic that's causing, you know, have you know that kind of thing so it's really good to take a look at all of all of that yeah definitely well i think this was really good very very helpful um again i always love to continue to learn more and just to get that validation for again the work that i've done the work that i encourage other people to do when if they are again sitting on this side of the table and having those loved ones in their lives that yes and we get into these behaviors that perhaps we enable and maybe we don't want to admit that or we allow things or we don't don't know how to set those boundaries. And we don't, I think you can agree, like when these things start to happen, these things like your daughter, you know, starts to refuse to go to school a couple of times, hey, that's not such a big deal. And then it becomes kind of, you're like, what is going on, right? And you're just, you're afraid, you're taken by surprise. It's like, what is going on here? And you just don't know what to do. And so you go into this survival mode and, um, and I'm here to say that sometimes, again, when you're in the midst of it, it's it's hard to to get the help for yourself. But it is. Yeah. But it's also necessary, I think. You know, I think a lot of us on the other side will, will say, yeah, I wish I did. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, one thing that um, uh, a mom said in a support group that I was at, where the it was at uh, one of the treatment centers, and so the 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 girl, you know, the 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 former patient came and and told, shared her story of um, recovery. Then the mom got a chance to stand up and talk. And the three things that she told me, um, which I may have shared with you earlier, but the three things she told me stuck with me forever will stick with me forever. The first one was you need to get off the roller coaster. And she said, I also needed to, my husband and I needed to go f- learn about this mental health disorder that we knew nothing about. And so they yeah. went to NAMI and, um, you know, went to support groups and read and things like that. And she said, I needed to get a therapist for myself. You know, that idea, I brought that up before of getting off the roller coaster. People are like, well, how can you like walk away from your, I'm not talking about walking away from your child, but you're so close sometimes to like, the shit that they're going through and all that stuff. You got to get off the roller coaster. You got to be right by their side along their ride, but you have to like, I don't know if you experienced this, but it would be like, things were good. And then they weren't, and then they got better. And then they weren't. And like, that's a roller coaster, right? Yeah. You get the call from treatment and they're screaming at you. And then like two days later, Oh mom, I'm so sorry. It's so good. I'm so thankful for you. <laughs> Are you the best mom ever? You know? And then like two days later, it's like, what am I <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so it's that roller coaster. We have to be, and again, this was a hard thing that a therapist told me from one of her places, but maybe you've heard it before. She said, you know, never lose hope that your child will recover. And we never want to lose hope that our loved one will recover and get better. But she said, you have to give up the expectation that they will. I'm like, what? But it's kind of it, right? Yeah. You have to... Okay, I don't know. And it's tough tough to deal with, but again, that's why it's great to work with somebody like you that can help you deal with like how does that make you feel when somebody yeah does that to you or you realize that that's the truth of your life. Right. Yeah. You know, one of the best things for me was walking into an office uh to see a therapist and she's like, "What, you know, in a nice way, she goes, "Well, what are you doing here?" She says, "I usually treat the children, the teenagers." And I'm like, "I don't know." I'm dealing with some pains popping up in me that I don't even know what to do with. So I figured I might as well come and talk to somebody that's an expert on eating disorders. So you can help me get through this pain that I'm going through. We definitely need to get help for ourselves. So anyway, I could talk for hours, you know that. <laughs> you just know me a little bit, but I could talk a long time. So um, tell us, uh, tell the audience, Raina, where people can find you. Um, and I know you've got some, uh, again, good things that, um, you like to share with other people if they want to learn more about you and the services that you provide. Yeah. So the best place to find me is my website, which is hypnotherapy with Rainy and it's R-A-Y-N-E. There is, you shockingly, nobody has taken that name. So I am also on all social media under the <laughs> same thing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but on my website, you can book a free console where we can just talk and figure out if I'm a right fit for you. I also have some freebies on there under when you go to my website, there's a section called empowered parenting. So under there, you'll find everything that has to do with what we talked about. Mm -hmm. And that's really the best place to find me. And any uh, last words for the listeners as we close up today? (laughs) I always go back to the, the old, put your own oxygen mask on first, right? That mother we all know that saying, but it's, it's true. You really have to, you, you can't, you can't support your child in the best way possible when you're drained and you're just running on empty. 
Yeah, gotta fuel up. Somebody showed me, uh, well, not showed me, but I watched on Instagram yesterday. Like a, if just like a, that whole idea of like filling your cup up first. Yeah. Um, she had like a glass of water, and then she put like um, a, like a teaspoon or a spoonful of dirt in there. She said, you know, so crap happens, shits happens in our life or whatever, and then we sit there and we try to pull the dirt out like the dirt is like dissipating in there but you were trying to pull it out and so when you were pulling the dirt out they're pulling the water and she said in the end like we just come up with an empty cup and so then she took but she goes you know what it was such a great visual so then you have to take and then she took like a picture of just clean water and she says so you just have to put the good stuff in and she filled up the cup and it just overflowed and overflowed and overflowed and before you know it the water was almost clear yeah. Like all the shit was gone. Like she put all the good stuff in. I was like, wow, that was good. And yeah. I think that that's a great, you know, it's a great visual for us to remember. And just like you said, put your oxygen mask on first, fill your cup up. Yeah. If you put that goodness in the other stuff just doesn't, yeah, doesn't show up. Right. Absolutely. Well, so glad that you joined me today, Raina. I'm so glad to have met you um, again, continue to do the great work. And uh, I know we're going to continue to stay in touch. Yeah, definitely. But uh, I know the listeners and listeners are going to get great value or did get great value from this too. And um, again, I always say, please continue to share these episodes with others because there's lots of people that are like you and me that are sitting here that really perhaps just need that permission to go get some help for themselves. And um, I always say, don't be afraid of hypnotherapy. It's not like quacking like a duck. It's really, it's really not. <laughs> it's really not. It's really the essential work that we need to do in order to really, um, again, heal, our, give our ourselves the opportunity to heal, take care of ourselves so we can show up better in life for those that we love, including ourselves. So thanks, Raina. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And we'll talk to you next time. Hey there, ready to live a more joyful life? Considering connecting with someone who can help you? If so, I'd like to be that person. I offer a free consultation where we determine where the chaos is in your life and how you can learn to bring more joy each and every day. Visit my website, moiragorski.com, or simply email me, moira at moiragorski.com, with more joy in the subject line. I look forward to connecting, and I'm here to say there will always be some chaos, which requires a little juggling, but you can find joy and live your life intentionally filled with that joy. Let me help you on your journey to joy. And that's joy, the journey of you.